After Buzzers. Welcome to our Shark Tank After Show. This is Season 8, Episode 10 already. We are prepared for a good time. We will be talking inboard, Nutribox, Pet Plate, Namiku, and Simply Fitboard for our update. Don't go away. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now. Let the buzz begin! I thought I'd get really into it tonight. You look like a shark. Method. Do I? Yeah. Excellent. What kind? Like a hammerhead? Like in the Sharknado. You look like a Sharknado shark. Nice. Nice. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight for another Shark Tank recap. I am Zoe Hewitt. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zoe Said What. That Zoe Said What. And sitting to my left, as always, is Chris Howard. Reach out to me at Chris Howard Live on Twitter and Instagram. Also, go to legendarylivingdaily.com for daily tips, inspiration, motivation, and the like. Yeah, I am Constance Dunn. You can find me at Instagram at Constance Dunn and on Twitter, Constance Dunn. Well, we are done and inspired, done. so we are ready to go, talking to about go. Inboard. Yes. Now, Inboard was, uh, we mm-hmm. had Ryan and Dave and Chris, they were asking, here it is, another biggie, 750000 for 4%. I know. Where do these people get these numbers? I don't know. Every mm-hmm. time I hear numbers like this, I gasp, and I know it's all downhill, right. at least for me. So basically, this is an electronic, or an electric skateboard. But it goes uphill as well as downhill. Yes. So it's electric, so it basically will take you anywhere. They were proposing it as a new mode of transportation. Mm. So instead of commuting by car, instead of riding a bike and getting sweaty, you could take this skateboard, which goes up to 20 miles per hour. So would you commute that way? Could you imagine riding a skateboard at 20 miles an hour? It's like, what happens if you're in your business suit going to work and like... You gotta stop all of a sudden or something. I don't know. It's just like I would pay to see you in a business suit cruising around. I don't wear business suits anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Going like this. (laughs) This kind of made sense to me. Like I kind of liked it because I don't understand commutes where people get sweaty. Right. You know, I kind of liked it. Like I, what Mark had brought up was the whole thing with the hoverboards. Yeah. And I don't like. What's the real difference between this and the hoverboard? Well, hoverboard hovers. But I know. But I mean, in terms of a mode of transport. Don't you think that like the hoverboards seem like they're lighter? Uh, did they say this is fourteen pounds? Yes, it's fourteen pounds. That's yes, fourteen heavy. pounds. And you could be up to twelve hundred pounds on it. Yes, That's heavy well, duty. Thank God for that, you know, because uh, one day I'll need it. Right, <laughs> twelve hundred pounds. It'd be like a family could fit on that damn thing. They should right. make a longer one, and then you don't need a minivan. You all get on the skateboard together. That's right. See, or we could each a bunch of yeah. the Kahuna's cookies, and then we'd never fit. <laughs> Um, well, the thing is, is that the commuting problem is still similar. You might not get sweaty, but you're going to have various particles and whatnot coming at particles. you from commuting. And we're in L.A., so, of course, we're urban-centric thinking about this. And I couldn't imagine because uh, driving can be a uh, gnarly enough sport as it is. <laughs> Sometimes there's not a lot of love on the freeway towards one's fellow man. So the gnarly sport of driving, and we've got these particles Going all over. Yeah, us. <laughs> and so of course being, you know, being on a skateboard, on a skateboard, you know, just open to the, uh, the aggression that yeah. might happen to you. I don't think I'd be into it, but I know it has a lot of utility for a lot of people. Yeah, like, I don't think I'd use it. I, I, I'm with uh, Herjavec. I'm with Herjavec <laughs> when he said that he doesn't buy the mass transport concept no. of it. And in his beautiful suits, I could see he wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, and I know, and what Mark had said yeah. also was that he had with the hoverboards, they have all these regulations yes. in relationship mm-hmm. to. 
uh, being on the strand and yeah. things like yeah. that by the beach area. You can't. Yeah. My father used to have one of those people movers, and you're not allowed to have motor vehicles down on the strand. Wait, is the people mover the um? Yeah, that, what those... is that called? Oh, what a motorized cart. No, no, it's the stand up <laughs> thing. Up totally drawing a blank. Um, Fantasy stats. I know you're in the chat. What is that called? Because I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. I will say oh, segway. Segway. Yes. Yeah. Oh, can I tell a segway guy. story? But though? you can't those have them down here. Dang- No, those things are dangerous. So, yeah. in my old job doing product placement, I used to work a lot with Jay Leno in the Jay Leno Garage. So mm-hmm. I was over there constantly. Mm-hmm. Those guys who love cars and love racing cars did not like segways. Really? Like Jay's main mechanics that he would not get on one. He yeah, thought they were they so were dangerous? dangerous. Yep. See, I've I've ridden a segway before. And I, I, I think I fell off once or twice, but the whole thing is is that it's probably more dangerous to the people around you even than you because you're going to run into somebody or something like that, and that's why they don't let those motorized vehicles down on the strand. So if if you can't use it in the place that you'd use it, what good is it? I had right. a friend of mine who was a, a child actor. I don't know if he ever uh, – his name's Eric Von Denton. And he was like uh, – he played Wally in the Leave it to Beaver movie, and he was in all these Disney movies and stuff. And he used to have this motorized uh-huh. – uh, what do they call those little things that you kick, you stand on, and you scooters? kick scooters? Scooter, like mm-hmm. a motorized scooter. And he, they, they, he get, he got tickets for riding this thing on the strand. Anything this with is a like motor. Mad Libs tonight. Yeah, we're just it, yeah. So yeah. we're getting a, here's the freeway, and we're off into a little country into the road the countryside. Yeah. Oh, you ever the, see that? But you are right. Yeah. And 20 miles per hour, you probably need a helmet to be safe. And Fantasy Stats makes a good point, too, that your hair still gets messed up. And your hair, so, Fantasy Stats, yeah. how, how important to you is your hair? Come come now. Well, come on. What I think men as well as women, there are a lot of men hair. who care about their hair, and you don't want to ride with a big helmet all the way to work. Well, you know what? It's 20 it's miles funny, is a good distance. Because we were thinking right. urban, but think in the country. I actually would ride this around in the country. In an open area. I just would be scared and freaky you, just because I'm being paranoid. With dirt in the wheels? And I don't mind that because I'm out in the country. I'm no, but would it still dirty. work? Would it still uh, operate oh, okay. correctly? If it got all... I, I, guess I couldn't go off-roading with it in the mud, you know? <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. I'm picturing her taking jumps. And, I was just thinking like, wide open, pleasant roads right. like back in New England with my yore. You're thinking of like a nice, pleasant, leisurely bike ride yes. only standing up on your inboard. Exactly. Well, the sharks were sort of so-so into this. Like we said, Robert it was not. He did not mm-hmm. buy into it as a mode of transportation. Chris, who mm-hmm. it was nice to see him back. I think Chris we're pretty much Chris Saka fans yeah. here. Yeah. He says he thought it was too competitive a space. Mm. Um, Mark said he felt like his hoverboard competes. But there was a little bit of interest from Kevin as well as Lori. Now, they both made offers. Um, but what it boiled down to is that the inboard guys left and Lori and Kevin decided to band together. Yes. So obviously the problem with... See, the price was pretty high, too. $1,300 $1,399 retail. retail. So, and that's... Fourteen hundred, not thirteen point nine nine. Like the butter thing, <laughs> and it's still too high. Yeah, it's not thirteen ninety nine. But but even if even if Lori gets it in Walmart or something, who's buys something for thirteen hundred dollars at Walmart? Well, this goes back to what we were talking about. I think was it just last week that I think certain things you right you don't pay as much. Oh, it right. was the um, wow. fishing. Fish, fish, it was the fishing thing. Fishing ring that cuts right. your line. Yeah. That, right, you don't pay in certain places for things. The and same kind price of money. Points. Right. This actually makes me think of like a scooter. Why wouldn't you just ride a scooter? I'm not sure where what the benefit is then. 
to right. The scooter the has a handle, mm-hmm. the like a like a little doesn't. motorized one that can go on right. the street. Yeah. And you still they so. yeah. They've yeah. raised two point seven million dollars, so. and their valuation yeah. was kind of hilarious. It was a ten million dollar yeah. valuation. <laughs> it was funny because they had Robert. Um, you know, of course, when they're asking for uh, seven hundred and fifty thousand for four percent, you can see Robert laughing. So they're keeping yeah. those cuts in there. <laughs> yes. Everyone's just like, "What are you just randomly picking up numbers?" But the know? type of yeah. deal that Kevin does is perfect for it because. He wants his money back, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a loan. And so yeah. what it turned out to be that Lori and Kevin did go in on together, um, they offered 750000 as a loan. They offered mm-hmm. initially at 8%. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin initially offered with a 2.5% stake. Lori offered, um, let's see, with 3%. But when they went out and in together, there was some back and forth, um, basically at the percentages that the interest would be. So they wound mm-hmm. up agreeing at... Um, let's see, nine percent interest. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. That's what I have. The 9% nine percent. It was nine or ten, wasn't it? Thirty-six and months, nine? and yeah. then four percent mm-hmm. equity. So two yes. and two for each. And the interesting part that I wanted to discuss about this as well was how they said they didn't want to go lower, but it was the four percent that they initially offered. Well, they just got called out on what they were. You know, he was trying to be right. a hardball yeah. negotiator, and it's like, no, you came in. Asking yeah. for 4%. Yeah. And the guy was like, well, no, our investors won't yeah. take it. Well, how do you say that after you just offered it? Yeah. Yeah. So, right. They got caught. Yeah. And it was something that was seen later that we'll get to, which is our shark tip of the week. A shark tip is A that don't tip. negotiate just for the sake of negotiation. Yes. So people can get really knee jerk mm-hmm. um, where they're negotiating everything. So. Yes. And they, I, I don't know if they were, were they at risk of losing it at some point? I'm not sure. Know if they were at risk. I never got that impression. Did you guys? I, I don't know. Of losing their know. business. Of up? losing the of deal, losing the, the deal. offer. Yeah. Oh no, they seemed pretty. It, it, it was yeah, one of just kind of. It's one of those awkward type of things. It's like, oh yeah, you're right. I was. You yeah. Know, it's a, right. I was like a little embarrassing. Right. <laughs> no. Yeah. They hammered somebody later in the show, as we yeah. see. You know, yeah. a little bit. They got yeah. the heat for it. But it is funny. You can just sometimes just negotiate. It's like the number could be amazing. You're like, no, no yes, right. a half a point less for and me. I understand that, and I. Have been victim to that myself. We can. T- uh, you're not a victim. You're a perpetrator. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I've been victim to the desire to keep other negotiating. <laughs> so, yes, that too. Yeah. So, what do you think? So, our tank takeaway then, Constance. Do you want that as our tank takeaway? Don't negotiate for the- just for the sake of negotiating. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes some people, and this could be also sometimes, mm-hmm. people want to win. Yes. Have the last word. Um, and uh, in negotiating, sometimes they say like if if somebody feels like they negotiated and got a good deal, even if the deal was worse in their mind, they got a good deal because they worked for it a little bit. Right. So right, sometimes it's right. all perspective. Like if you know if you and you can get a better deal and make the other person feel like they've got a great deal if you made them work a little bit. So yeah, it all that's it all a shakes good point. Yeah. And sometimes I imagine like car dealerships, and sometimes you'll want to just um, let the. Uh, purchaser get get the last word basically yeah. because it gives them that positive affinity and right. you know they'll end up loving the place uh, loving the place it's or funny. the brand or the product perspective is funny like that because mm-hmm. you could you could walk out with a terrible deal but because you worked for it you feel like you got a great deal and then you're happy. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a great, um, it's a social psychology term called post-decisional justification. And it's pretty fascinating. And it has to do with the idea when we buy something and we're not 100% sure about it, we'll want to we'll wanna justify our decision. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if it's a car that, honestly, you weren't 100% mm-hmm. on, you'll keep yeah. talking about, well, no, it was an amazing deal. And you guys know it's a 10-year a warranty. Yeah. And, like, look at the, this is, like, the top package. Like, look at the leather package and its heated seats. Like, yeah, 
once do you've that. made the decision, you'll go and back it up. And like, you'll yeah. back it up. Your mind. Yeah, exactly. Post decisional yeah. justification. You'll find yourself doing that sometimes. I know I have done it. So. And there was a fascinating book about that. It also talks about like percentages that like if you're going to return something, for instance, how much you're willing to spend and how much you feel like you're getting a deal. For instance, the more money you spend, you're less likely to want to return something, let's say, for a dollar. Whereas if you spend $2 on something, you're more likely to want, like, your coupon or whatever it is. That's huh. to do with, like, your percentage. Yeah, just in anyway. terms of the, psych- the yes, psychology, the psychology that goes behind into it. it's really negotiation. So, before and, we move, <laughs> and before we move move on to Pet Plate, so, right. Constance, are you in or out on inboard? Out. Yeah. Okay. Out. I'm going to surprise everyone. And normally <laughs> I don't like these I'm waiting. technology things. <laughs> I'm in. People commuting like this, not in LA. I don't uh-huh. want to go 20 miles on the skateboard thing. But <laughs> yes, in do. New York, in a city where people New York walk, could work. I could totally point. see it. And I feel like there are enough people in New York to support this. But you'd have to not run people over is the problem in New York. There's so many people. It's like yes. sardines. Oh. It's like, where is it going to work? What's uh, Is Fantasy Stats Guru in or out? Fantasy Stats, let us know. As we move on to Pet Plate, we will come back to you. Okay. So Pet Plate, Ronaldo, he wanted 100000 for 10%. Mm. Nice, solid deal. Basically, this is a delivery food service for your pets to your door. Fresh food that anyone can eat because it is human-grade food. The sharks so, ate it. Yes. Yeah. Would you feed your pets? Would you feed Real your food? dog this well? I much prefer feeding my dogs dog food because mm. they, if I feed them anything that resembles people food... The excrement becomes unmanageable. No, that's a good point. You're right. Yeah, I like hard dog food is all I'll feed them. I won't feed them table scraps. I won't feed uh-huh. them because it just makes it unpredictable what's going to come out the other end. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Maybe because so. it's not high quality, though? It's possible. Or if you're not doing it regularly? Yeah, it could be with the regularity and stuff. It's just I, I don't like the unpredictability. I like uh-huh. to know that when I take the dogs out in the morning, they're going to go. Uh-huh. They're not going to uh-huh. go anymore. That's it, and and it's going to mm-hmm. be solid, and it's going to be easy to uh, maneuver. I wonder if you were feeding this diet though all the time, if you if would wind regular. up with the same. Yeah, if they'd I be regular. And I imagine he's done some. Um, he's a really smart cat. Yeah. And of course, he worked as a consultant yeah. as well. One so. would think, but there's tons of dog food out there that just doesn't do the trick. Like it's like very much a science getting mm-hmm. it to be yeah. solid, not runny. Not uh, messy, not stinky. <laughs> and without turning this okay. into a poop show, I will say, <laughs> I will backtrack for just a second to say Fantasy yeah. Stat says he would be out. Too He's much out. competition. Too much competition. So, too I much. have to say, with this product, with the pet plate, this is something we've seen a lot in the tank and we've seen the sharks discuss, that it's a subscription product. Right. And so some of the sharks seem to love subscription, right. some don't. Mark so, hates it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's like subscription, I'm out. Right. I, the, my problem with this is that I would prefer to have a chef rather than getting my dog a yeah, personal exactly. chef. I mean, like, the food And the dog amazing. becomes so precious. <laughs> it's a very high net worth um, yes. proposition. Yeah. And I think uh-huh. Ronaldo was really, they liked him a lot, and it was hard for them to say no. Yeah, I And, agree. of course, his little Winston, the chief tasting officer, his yeah. little dog, had, like, the furriest, silkiest coat. His coat was so silky, I just happened yeah. to notice The dog that. was great. The dog performed on, you know, on cue. <laughs> he he yeah. did. And they were looking for 100000 for 10%. What did you think of that? Was that asking I, a lot? Or? I just don't see any That's scalability equity. with it. They don't have the basics worked out with the mm-hmm. model. He's only got, what, 100 customers 100 right now? 100 customers, yeah. Uh, eight months. Yeah, 105, I think. Eight months, yeah. 100 customers, and for dogs, what, it costs you 30 bucks for a poodle, it's going to cost you more for a larger dog. 
I don't know what the uh, consistency is going to be. Like, I'd rather go to the store and test foods and know what comes out is going to be pretty consistent. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I just, I don't see it. I, if somebody wanted to ship me bags of dog food, I think it would be a better deal. Yes, and it was interesting to see that the shark sharks uh, chow down on some lamb and veggies. But it was normal lamb and veggies. I didn't right. get why that was a big deal. He cooked S- them a meal. See, he gave and, it to and them. the cost of that it would be cost prohibitive, I think, if as they start to really get into how do we mass produce this mm-hmm. and then who's going to cook it. It's just too much. And you know what? Yeah. Again, the silver lining here is that Ronaldo had not gone into any debt for this. Right. And he, it look, it's one of those things that just seems so um, labor intensive, right. like knitting yeah. a tablecloth. So, but uh, it, the good thing is, is perhaps he can keep this boutique and make this work for Yeah, himself. if he wants to do it, I'm right. sure that he could get a higher subscriber list and he could make, you know, 10 grand a month. Yeah, and be, word of mouth. Can you imagine? If that makes him happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Fantasy Stats also reminded me and makes a good point that there was additional fiber in the food. I think oh, it was, was pumpkin. It? Fantasy Stats yeah. doesn't remember what it was. Yeah, I think yeah, it was right. pumpkin, though, right. that they added. So mm-hmm. that would help. That would help for the regular. And, you know, when you were saying that, I actually thought you were going to go in a different direction and say that if you were feeding your dog people food like that all the time that it would be begging all the time like I never feed my dog people food because Me I don't either. want her begging at yeah, the you table yeah you don't want them at the table ever the, yeah. so I'm I'm hardcore and she has a weak stomach I'm hardcore so too. Yeah, she has a weak thing. stomach so that also but that our dogs said, throw it up or, you know, just, yeah. <laughs> I know someone who used to only feed her dog vegetables because it is a healthy diet. I mean, it's just like so what he was putting. Vegetarian no, dog. I think she gave oh, him okay. meat too, but like uh, sort of like this, she okay. cooked for her dog this way. Yeah, so. I think it's I think it's a little too much, um, and I just think that it would be cost prohibitive. It would be, mm-hmm. I mean, virtually I don't want to say impossible, but close to impossible to scale up. I mean, if mm-hmm. people will order pre-made, pre-packaged foods for human beings, and it costs a lot of money to do that. You know, you pay, yeah. what, between mm-hmm. 800 and 3000 a month mm-hmm. to have the meal shipped to your door for you. You got to pay that for your dog when right. you can go get food and have a more predictable outcome? I don't know. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm not, I'm not in. And I was thinking to myself, my dog loves cat poop, so really, I'm going to spend this money to eat. Cat poop, <laughs> rabbit poop, <laughs> horse poop. I feel bad yeah. for anyone who's just tuning in. We don't normally talk yes. about this much. Yeah. Excrement. So he did not get a deal. Ronaldo did mm-hmm. not get a deal. I agree, though, that I think the Sharks liked him. They wanted to give him a deal, mm-hmm. but a nice they knew guy. it wasn't really a great business. Right. It didn't yeah. make sense, right? So yeah. do we have a tank takeaway from this one? Um but I, th- I think that the small entrepreneur going out to launch and to uh, approach investors, mm-hmm. you have to think like an investor. You can't think like the small entrepreneur. He was saying, you know, I've got uh, this. I've got a bu- this business can go up to a half a million dollars. They don't mm-hmm. care about a half a million dollar mm-hmm. business. They want something that's going to have huge mm-hmm. potential. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he wasn't thinking. On, he wasn't putting himself in the shoes of the investor. The investor wants something that's scalable, that has high potential for growth, mm-hmm. where they get a good deal and they get to be in on the ground floor. This didn't have the scalability. So I'd say put yourself in their shoes. Don't sell what you want. Sell mm-hmm. what they want. But I'd say it's not so much even putting yourself in their shoes as much as, I guess, realizing where you are in the grand scheme of things. Uh, because you're right. Half a million to him mm-hmm. is great, but half a million to them is not. Right, there's nothing in that. There's no right. reason. Yeah. Right, right, right. Good, 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 That's good point. That's a great point, yes. yes. So, Constance, in or out? Pet oh, point. I'd be out. I'd be out, but I think Ronaldo's got a great little boutique business, and he might be just happier just yeah. doing it by himself, man. Chris? Out. I'm also out. I like Ronaldo, too, but can't. Fantasy says? Yeah. <laughs> Fantasy stats is out. says he does not have any pets. Um, so, before we move Messy on to Messy hair, our- no pets. 
<laughs> you know, that's how it rolls. So before we move on to our next product, I just want to remind everyone, please, you can keep up with us in the chat. We will talk back Try. to you. you Try. Can, you can also leave us messages on YouTube. We will respond. If you are listening to us on mm-hmm. iTunes, thank you for downloading. You can also give us five stars and review. Don't forget to subscribe. So thank you for listening and or watching. Now, on to Neutrobox. Neutrobox. They, and didn't they have a check-in with one of the businesses previously? That yep. 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 We always do that update at the end. Okay, all yeah. right, all right. I don't need to overstep my bounds. <laughs> Chris is just excited about that date. Before we move on to them, so Nutribox, this is Jeffrey and Michael. They were asking, oh my goodness, I can barely say this number, $2 million for 5%. They said they were biohackers, which apparently is pretty much a made-up term, where they test their <laughs> bodies by, you know, starving themselves and not starving themselves. Yeah, Fasting funny. is the actual term. And so they've basically made a product <laughs> called Go Cubes, which is chewable coffee. They mm. have three different flavors. It has the amount of caffeine of about a half a cup of coffee and um, it's supposed to be better for you and help your half memory. Half a cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah, this is, biohacking is kind of a thing now. You know, with the, they have the uh, bulletproof coffee, if you've had that. Have you had that? No, I don't even know. I've actually, heard of it. Oh, it's I've actually quite it. good. If you go, they have a place called Bulletproof in Santa Monica uh-huh. where you yeah. can order it, but they, you, they put in uh, the special kind of butter mm-hmm. and they put in uh, a couple of things that cause the coffee to go in uh, more directly. doesn't give you the caffeine uh, uh, hangover afterwards, so hmm. it's, it's a cleaner, uh, and, it, and it gives you more of a caffeine buzz. Uh-huh. So that's kind of like one of the biohacking types of things that are out there right uh-huh. now. I've had that, and I actually really like the bulletproof coffee when hmm. I have it. Um, these little caffeine cubes that give you half the caffeine of a cup of coffee, but the other it sounds like a bunch of crap to me, quite frankly. Um, why would I want to buy coffee cubes? Uh, I don't. I'd, I would never buy it. And for that valuation, I think that's utterly ridiculous. I do like the bulletproof, though. So I'm not. A, I'm not totally opposed to this biohacking mm-hmm. stuff. I, but I think a lot of crap gets shoved into this category. Interesting <laughs> and interesting. interesting because we talked about the algae tablets ah, a few weeks ago, and so it is. It's very interesting yeah. what appeals to some of us, and suddenly we go, "Oh, we'll try." Because I was kind of curious to try the okay. algae. I'm sorry, and I didn't mean things, to put you down. No, no, no. And then things like this, where you're saying, "Oh, I'm into this biohacking." thing I could try this whereas to me it sounded kind of stupid okay that was harsh I don't want to say stupid no, no I you feel said stupid. it didn't make immediate <laughs> sense to you <laughs> thank you yes. no you just said it sounded stupid gimmicky. you said that sounds no, stupid no stop well they, it tasted great everybody agreed <laughs> yes. on that and there was latte there was mocha and there was another type drip coffee and there was six grams of sugar and everyone really liked it but again Mark particularly took issue with the biohackers and it was interesting they oh, were, he, with the biohacking yeah he was like okay kinda... everyone's doing you know he's, yeah. he kind of like schooled us a little I wasn't yeah. too familiar but I, I, miss, I missed this little piece so I'm, I'm glad you're repeating Yeah, it. but I was familiar with calorie restriction, which the two gents, um, uh, Jeffrey and Michael, were talking about calorie restriction. And I read a really great article about this. And actually, I have a friend who is a... Um, a doctor, but he's actually a researcher, and there's this fancy term for what he does. But he studies longevity, Bio-hack. human longevity, and he's not a biohacker. <laughs> he's really like famoso, like famous. Um, famoso, <laughs> he, and he does so. He's really like he he would probably find the term biohacking funny. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? But he talked about calorie restriction people, and there's a whole community, and they're called cronies. And they're people that severely restrict their calorie intake, and as a result, um, the idea is that they will live longer. They what also about the, you know, they have breatharians that believe you don't need food or water to survive. Bre- like, they'll, oh. they, they take in a little bit of water, I think, but breatharians, so it's like a vegetarian, but it's breatharian, and you don't eat. 
But they're dead. But, yeah. <laughs> See, the, the cronies, the cronies eat, they eat, eat specific meals. Oh and this guy who's a crony, um, he's, he's fascinating because he's married and he would say, it's funny because my wife and I would go out to eat and they'd usually bring a steak and a salad. You know, that's what we ordered to the table and the server or the bus person would bring it and then put the steak in front of him and the salad in front of right, her. And right. they always have to switch. Have and to of switch course, it. you yeah. don't have any dressing on the salad. You get that as you get older, yeah, the cronies. Right? But he loves this crony guy. He was talking about him and how wonderful it was. He got really crazy. Sounds like a, a group of bad guys or heavies from Gotham or something. Cronies. Yeah, it get is, your cronies but, out but here. There's if you if you Google cronies, you will find whole communities of these calorie restriction uh-huh. enthusiasts. It's a pretty uh-huh. interesting community. There's so many different types uh-huh. of. Communities. But I mean, everybody like they say, if you want to live longer, uh, laugh more, eat less, and uh, sleep more. I think was the last one. All sounds sure. Sounds good. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, fantasy stat says he is out on this one. Yeah. I didn't like the guy. Even for only forty million. <laughs> forty million dollars. Yeah, it's the highest valuation ever on Shark Tank. Ever, and they really put these guys to task about yeah. what you know justifying this um, this valuation. So they got hammered on that. Uh, quite but that's honestly. utterly ridiculous to think that people are going to buy these coffee cubes. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. Well, you know, I mean, the shark, sorry, tip, tank, shark Tank tip is that um, Mark talked a lot about pricing, and he talked about um, how you are pricing to perfection versus pricing with uncertainty. Right. Your valuation is based upon a perfect world scenario, where that you know is going to be we're going to call that you know we're going to realize that that's not the case, and we're not stupid, and it's don't never a perfect don't world, insult yeah. you know insult these people mm-hmm. essentially. So I think that's something yeah. we can all learn from, and also tell a story. They did yeah. not tell a compelling story. Yeah. They and they not. stumbled on the science very quickly. Because there was none. <laughs> because that that yeah. is a great tink takeaway. Yes. You're right. So, I think you, you know, um, so. I have a guy, a friend of mine who specializes. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to trump all over. She's like, we're moving on. But I have this guy you know, that, that I know that does the biohacking stuff. And like he Ooh. was, yeah, and he's like, drink. Uh, what the hell was he having this drink? Um, uh, Vodka? No. This but, makes me hungry, quite frankly. Uh, no, shit. I want to go to Kentucky What's Fried stuff? Chicken Sulfur. Now. Sulfur. Drink sulfur. So we bought these bags of white sulfur that you pour into water and you mix it up, and it supposedly cleanses your insides. And it's it was a really interesting experience. I actually enjoyed that, and they called that biohacking as well. And he also introduced the uh, bulletproof coffee and stuff. But see, yeah. I can see that because that's like well water that has sulfur in it is supposed to be very good. Cleansing, for you. yeah, like grabs yeah, it's the that, shit. It's that rotten egg smell, right? Isn't that the sulfur? Um, so that's what sulfur yeah. is in the out in the open, but that's not how you buy it in the store, so it doesn't smell like. Right. But I'm just saying, eggs. right? So and well water is supposed to be good, so I can see that. Okay. Okay. Okay, so Constance, are you in or out? I would be out because, again, I just I didn't understand it so much either. And maybe that's it. These guys are really into their idea, mm-hmm. and they think that biohacking has huge potential, and right. that we just didn't get it yet. So. And actually, I feel like I was remiss. I don't think I did say for um, Nutribox that they did not get a deal before we go through okay. ours. Currently, we say what they did. The, the, you know what? I'd give them the whole $40 million. <laughs> just, just, just give it get there already. <laughs> and, but there was a little behind the scenes snippet before that where you saw the guys. Um, you did yeah. see uh, Jeffrey and Michael do their yeah. power pose yes. in the back. And then, of course, you also saw Michael yelling at everyone to go faster. Faster, faster. <laughs> did you see the behind the scenes little line? You know, this... I hate the behind the scenes stuff. I've said that from the beginning. You I know what? I kind of I liked it in the yeah, beginning. It just, it feels I liked it when it was just a little bit. And now they're doing it more oh, okay. and more. And it's not as appealing to me. Yeah. Not appealing at all. Slow so down, I guys. am absolutely out as well. So, 
Namiku is next. Yes. Uh, we had Lisa and Eve, mm. 250000 for 5%. Mm-hmm. And basically, this is sort of interesting. It's a vacuum-sealed meal that mm. sort of gets, I, I don't know, rehydrated, I guess. Sous-vide. Sous-vide. Thank you. Sous-vide. In, uh, Sous means beneath, and vide means empty or vacuum. So it's, un- un- it's, uh, va- it's a beneath the vacuum. That's what it oh, means. that clears it right up. And so basically what you do is... You can't. Nobody gives a shit what I said. Basically what you do is you take this meal and you put it in water and in this machine that they've developed and over several hours it cooks your food slowly. Perfectly, so so mm. essentially, like they said it wasn't, but this is essentially a slow cooker but for higher-end meals. And they do say this is what they do at high-end restaurants. Mm. So were you guys interested in this? Did you want to try that steak? Oh, I wanted to try the steak for sure. Yeah, I did yeah. too. I know, and I think it's a great pitch tip as well that when you give somebody something wonderful to eat, it really just brightens yeah. them towards your proposition. Yeah. 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 Well, they love engage tart. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Engage them with steak. Yes. Wherever you can, bring yes. steak into your. <laughs> bring steak. <laughs> Finish it off. No, but, it, but it's true. You give them something that uh, you know warms them, warms their soul, and steak is is fantastic. And they did mm-hmm. what, what a shrimp cocktail as well. Perfectly cooked was her point mm-hmm. because and, and it, it is a French style of cooking where they they vacuum seal it and then they put it in uh, extremely hot water, mm-hmm. typically for a longer period of time. So it could be between one and six hours. She said two. Oh. It could be between one and six hours. But what it does is it gives you the perfect steak where it's not uh, one temperature in the mm-hmm. middle and a different temperature on the outside. So I think it's I think it's neat. It is neat, yeah. and they refer to it as an app. An app. Wait, at one point, did oh, you... because they, it's one push button cooking. Right. And oh, I missed that. It controls the, the time, of course, and the temperature. So it seemed very um, compact as well. Yeah. If it's an alternative to slow cooker, I know that people want mm-hmm. their appliances increasingly. Yeah. As we have smaller spaces in right. cities, that people would prefer this over than the big crock pot that you're going to get out on Sunday for right. football. Yeah, and, and basically, she was trying to dumb it down for, because I think it was Robert's like, I don't have time to sit around all day for my food. Right. You know, she's like trying to dumb it down. It's like, oh, this is one push. You push the button right. and it cooks it. I mean, I'd, I'd be a good consumer of it. I don't think I'd be a good investor in it just because, you know, I'm not passionate about it. There's other things. That, but I like the concept and I'd certainly yeah. use it. Yeah, I, I agree. Think, and the problem I had is that with a slow cooker, and I don't do a ton of cooking <laughs> because I don't like dishes, oh, but with a slow cooker, like you can go away and come back, say, 10 hours later. Right. So at the end of your day and going to the gym and you've been gone and now you walk in and your house smells delicious, this is a short enough time that where do you go? Because you can't start it and then go to work and come back. You can, and have technically, a meal. you can leave it in longer if you put, if you lower the temperature and stuff, and it's, and it is between one and six hours. So technically, but six is not a typical work day, right? Not to mention commute. Forget commute even. So to me, this isn't enough time to justify like what am I doing in that one hour? You get like a butler or something to. In that case, (laughs) so to me, that's that's part of the issue that the the benefit of the slow cooker is that you can go away for a long period. With this, it's such a short period that you wind up like, well, am I going to run to the store? Mm -hmm. Like, do I want to eat? Do I not? You know, it's the timing is just a little hard for me. Yeah, I'm not not sure if it could be left in for more timing or not, but I do hear what you're saying because it's like, yeah, uh, yeah, I get it. Constance, yeah. what about you? Yeah. Well, I think it's uh, they've been doing pretty well, $3 million since 2012, and then they have a PO from yeah. Williams-Sonoma. Nice. So I think it's got a space-age, yeah. you know, new generation. Did they say how much the PO was for? 
They, they, they did didn't. not. And I was surprised the Sharks didn't react to that. Right. Because to me, a PO from Williams Sonoma is really impressive. It, it can be, yeah, depending on what it is, how much yeah. it is. Yeah. And they certainly liked Lisa and Abe a lot. Abe, mm-hmm. as we know, was a plasma physicist, and Lisa had worked in kitchens in mm-hmm. Michelin threes. They Michelin all loved stars. Lisa, yeah. They, yeah, loved they, her. Her, they were really geeky cute, you yes. know, but they were endearing. At yes. first, I was like, oh, it's gimmicky, but then it, they really, you could, she, she, but five million also, got fun quickly. You, you said five million since 2012. Twelve. Uh, three. Two thousand three. Yes. Uh, uh, sorry, two thousand since two thousand three. Uh, no, since twelve. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Three million. Since three million since two thousand twelve. Son of a gun. Okay, but uh, since two thousand twelve, mm-hmm. we're two thousand seventeen. So you're looking at Excuse five me, years. Excuse me, no, we're for, not. We're in two thousand sixteen. No, we're not. Well, we're it's the close. end of the year. Yeah, yeah. it's like two thousand seventeen. But they like shot five, this at least six months ago. Yeah, but this is five years for uh, to do three million. That that doesn't add up to a whole lot. It's I not, see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? It's like. Uh, it's kind of a slow rise, but but they were case, only selling yeah. online um, through online right. retailers on, and on their site. So they, yeah. I don't know, three million. I feel like is still pretty good. It, I, I get what okay. you're saying. It's okay. It's, it's yeah. It's not. I don't think it's all that impressive in terms of like, hey, we're building a company. Yeah. It's impressive in terms of hey, we got this gadget that we want to yeah. sell. So there's something there. There's yeah. something there. And it's uh, it retails for one nine nine. That would be one hundred and ninety nine, not a dollar ninety nine. I still think it's too high. Yes. <laughs> but if it were a dollar ninety nine, that'd be a good deal, wouldn't it? Zoe? <laughs> it would you probably buy those all day. Christmas. Why was that butter thing like two hundred dollars? I I will not get over that. So you can cook a steak for the same price as you can heat your butter. Yes, I yeah. can butter. It knows how much butter you need. On if that you have no idea what we're talking about, point. this is from another episode. Yeah. If you have no maker. idea, then you need to go back and watch the show. Okay, so you're going to have show. to go through the archives, yes. see if you can find it. It's all about warming your butter. Yes, there's an automatic butter warmer, yeah. just yes. like there's human food for dogs. We can't you just a take a piece marvelous of marvelous new Can't world. you just take a chunk of butter out of the fridge and let it sit outside and it will warm? Oh, I did not even get that thing. <laughs> not for $200. I know, isn't that funny? There's so many gadgets. Like, it's just extraordinary how many... Um, things there are to accommodate lifestyles and we right? see them and, and I love gadgets gadgets can be fun but $200 for the butter thing come on you know what I got what the, the wine cork bottle that you push the little uh, you push a little spike into the top of the uh-huh. wine you push down on the thing and it whoosh, pops the cork really out. you don't have to do the manual <laughs> amazing oh my god! so basically our Shark Tank <laughs> wow. show has deteriorated to gadgets we it's love amazing. and don't yeah. love yeah. so what about Namiku do we love it and uh, what did the sharks think do you want to give us that rundown Constance well it was pretty extraordinary they were asking for $250,000 for 5% yeah. um, and you know Chris Saka he did a he did a solid here because he obviously wanted to make some yeah. money which you have to has to be rational has to make right. sense but the problem is is that there was quite a bit of math involved mm-hmm. and the problem is they had taken in too much money they had taken yes. in too much money and if he really did this deal it would have left the fettermans with owing like nothing like yeah a very very small amount of equity in their own they had 51 percent at the time and mm-hmm. and with the other shareholders and the rest of the money that they brought in it, they, it would leave them with nothing if he yes. came in. Yeah. Right, and of exactly. course with Chris, again, rational self-interest, the idea is that he goes, it's not going to really, you're not going to be very inspired as a company owner if you don't really own your company yeah. anymore. You'd be a little like, um, you'd be like feudal system. You'd be yeah. like indentured servant. So he gave them um, 250000 for 10% mm-hmm. on the provision that the mm-hmm. Fettermans get 
some of that val- uh, equity back from shareholders, yeah. and they would have 40%. Yes. Chris would have 10%, and the stockholders would have 50%. Now, you might so be So they able- had to be willing to dilute. The shareholders had to be willing to dilute. Right. Not just the Fettermans, is that their name? Yes. The Fettermans, right. which uh, you were going to say I might... Uh, have something to say? Yeah, I was curious <laughs> yeah. about what you think the probability when you have to go back to stockholders and dilute. See, they, uh, honestly, is that they really going to happen? They should have walked in having already known from the shareholders whether they were willing to dilute. If so, by how much, and all mm-hmm. of that type of thing. I guess Chris put an idea in their head that wasn't in their head, but they should have been prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the dilution in equity. And God knows I've been in the place where I've had to dilute my own equity in Your business, own. my okay. own, where my shareholders weren't willing to dilute. Oh, my gosh. And, um, but I, I, I was, and my equity starts going down like that. And he's oh. absolutely right that if you, they, if they said this in the book, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, they said if you give your treasure away before you're even there, if you give too much away, you'll, cre- you'll lose all oh. your motivation to, to do anything. And it's true. But... Um, they, you know, if they were really prepared, and I think this goes into the shark tip is, is to be prepared in your negotiations. If you brought in cash before, right. find out if you're, if you, and if the deal is, if you're going to have to go out and raise equity in a way mm. where you've got to dilute other shareholders yeah. equity as a result of it, it's not a happy day necessarily, unless what you bring in is going to give you such an advantage that mm-hmm. even though they're a little smaller, it's going to give them such a big piece of the pie um, uh, because the pie is much mm-hmm. bigger, but be prepared for that. Be, and and talk to your shareholders in advance to make mm-hmm. sure that, that to find out if they are willing to dilute if you're able to get a, a strategic advantage. Um, but I think the real tip is what Chris Saka did is from an investment standpoint in making the deal that unless everybody wins, if you if somebody gets screwed out, it screws everybody because then you have un, unhappy people in the deal. So mm-hmm. I think it's really about making sure that things are truly a win-win because if they're not, your partners aren't going to go the distance with you. When I was negotiating mm-hmm. seminars and stuff on the road, if I if I screwed a promoter, mm-hmm. then I wasn't going to keep that promoter. Right. Mm-hmm. So it had to, everybody had to win so everybody's yeah. happy. Yeah. yeah, it's true. And I'm curious about when you have to go and ask for that. In this case, when they had to go to their existing mm-hmm. stockholders and ask them to dilute, I'm sure the idea that Chris Saka being on board and the, right. they... Being uh, part of Shark Tank was maybe something that would help um, the Fettermans sure. with the with the gives them such a big yeah. win that okay. this is going to be worth it. You really got to convince your shareholders because now a shareholder who who had uh, say they had thirty percent and now they're going to have twenty eight point five percent or now they're going to have twenty five percent. It's yeah. like. What's exciting about that? Yeah. Well, what's exciting about it is we got Chris Saka on right. board and we get right. this infusion of cash. So it really takes selling your shareholders yeah. on the concept. And he's very invested. And um, yeah. But but that was something where again they were offered the ten percent, and Chris went into a long little monologue talking about why right. he was taking the ten percent and what it was contingent upon. And of course, Lisa came back and said, "Well, at the ten percent, would you consider eight yeah. percent?" And they were just like, "Ah, oh, it was a collective yeah. groan <laughs> among the sharks." They're like, "Really? Yeah." After all. All that you're going to go try to beat him up right. for two percent after what he just showed you right. in terms of goodwill. So again, yeah. don't negotiate for the sake of. You, you can't win exactly. every time. Sometimes yeah. you go in there, you ask for it, and it's like, okay, no, all right, we'll walk away. Yeah, <laughs> but but again, it's funny. It's like what you meta communicate mm-hmm. um, by doing that. And again, it was everybody seemed pretty happy yeah. about that. Paying attention to the bigger picture, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what's the bigger picture? Two percent. Yeah. You know, is that really worth quabbling yeah. over? This should we should be making millions. If we're not making millions, it was stupid to get together in the first place. Right. And I think, though, you made a great point earlier, and it's so true, that they 
as I totally draw a blank. <laughs> it's such a good point that I can't I even remember really. it. It was okay. so oh, hot. The, the point is that they were so interested in suddenly negotiating and feeling like they did something instead right. of just so taking the deal. That. Exactly. That if they had just taken the deal, they would have thought we, we could, should have done something else. Right. And so I think it was that sentence, exactly that knee jerk. It can of, go either way because you got to think of how's it landing, what's the perception. How's he could be going, come on, you're just mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna go into this for two percent against me, yeah. or he could go, boy, these people are really sharp. I like the fact that they're going for, uh, they're negotiating it right to the minute because then they're going to do that in the business. So it's like, but you never know how it's going to be perceived. Right. Yeah. It yeah. could go both ways. Yeah. Okay. So, Constance, are you in or out on Namiku? Namiku, I would be out. out. I'm out. We're frugal lads yeah. and lassies. I'd be more frugal. I think I'd like... No. No. I would like to be in, yeah. but I think I'm out. However, Lisa and Eve, if you guys are watching, come join us. Give us an in-person come in, demonstration. Let's have steak. Yes, yeah. maybe Send we'll be one. in. So uh, we'd love to try it. Um, Fantasy Stat says also he doesn't do a lot of cooking. He'd be out. Yeah. Takes too long. So Constance, would you like to give us our update on Simply Fit Boards? Sure, sure. Simply Fit Boards. That was our update, of course. And this is Ms. Hoffman and Miss Clark. Ms. Of course, they were picked up by Lori, who really did her amazing magic. They had a great product. Yeah. It's a mother and daughter mm-hmm. team. And of course, they had come in asking for $125,000 for 20%. Um, they, before they hooked up with Lori, they had about $575,000 in total sales immediately after 1.25. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And that was 24 hours after they That's million hours. dollars, yeah. really? Million, not one dollar twenty five cent. Um, and of course, they were on QVC. I believe yeah. the next day, and they sold out of Simply Fit boards in six minutes. This is a perfect product for Lori. Yes, yeah. and yeah. it's in Walmart. It's a Lori dream fantasy. Yeah. Right. She does heavy retail, yeah. and particularly, I mean, she does typically uh, products with a female skew. Yeah. So this just hit about a million home runs. Yeah. And of course, they did talk a lot about the impact it had on Miss Hoffman mm-hmm. and Miss Clark. Miss Hoffman being a single mother uh-huh. and of course um it was a very kind of emotional about to the extent that it brought her so much happiness and satisfaction and particularly was like a and it brought her seven million yeah, yeah. <laughs> it brought her yeah. a little dinner yeah. right yeah. as well yeah. it made her just feel great yeah. particularly with showing being an example for mm-hmm. her children that she could have that pride right. you know yeah and they showed their facility too, which I loved. I loved the big American flag, and they talked about it being very much the American dream and yeah. a great idea. It seemed like a good product too, Simply Fit Board, where you just I've looked it up. I thought about getting it. So, and in seven months total, then seven months after airing, they actually made nine oh, million. Was it nine? So they have seven made months, nine million, lot. seven, seven months, nine million. And, you guys, and I have looked at the board. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it, but you know, I mean, it we does, should get we should get one like of these fun. here too because yes. come on the show with us, uh, Skype in or come in studio. And let's try this board. I, I want to try it out. I they were so cute. Do you remember their presentation from last season? I mean, they were adorable. I, you know what? I was it before of, you started? I, I don't remember. I kind of think I do remember it. But it's um, it's such it's a simple product, but one of those simple products that can mm-hmm. yes. uh, really sell like wildfire. Did you see what the margins must be? I mean, I don't oh, know insane, offhand, but you insane. saw yeah. the product yeah. itself. It's yeah. a colorful it's plastic, plastic stuff. stuff. Yeah. And it's like the... Uh, What's the the one that Cam likes so much? The pot the potty. Oh, squatty potty. Squatty potty. Yeah, it's like the squ- it's a piece of plastic, but it's a know, footstool. It, Cam's yeah. favorite product product was basically a footstool. Yeah, this is the old uh, one of the old hosts from the show. Yeah. it's a little footstool that you put that is fit makes you sit in the perfect mm. posture for using the toilet. Oh my goodness, um, this is a show all about excrement. I, and I, on that happy excreated note. <laughs> 
If only Cam were here, because this is totally his thing. (laughs) So, well, the Simply Fit board, which is a favorite now of mine, (laughs) was uh, great because, again, it's in Walmart, and it's just, it's done so well. Don't you think it's interesting? It's a seemingly simple idea. Seemingly simple idea. Seemingly simple idea. (laughs) um, That just did really well. Yes. No, I think that's a great idea. It's like one of those things that you see on late night TV, or we used to see when we watched late night TV, um, that uh, sells like wildfire. Right, and it's easy when it makes sense, when the product makes sense. Like Nomiko, I think, was just kind of hard to understand. A little complex. I think that there's a product for it. It's just going to be one of these fabulous new things. People that go to Williams, Sonoma, they go to these cooking stores, they just love new, new stuff. It's just like the new sophisticated crock pot. To them it makes sense. To us it's a little like... This digital thing, and you know, with you. But I think the simpler you can make it, like a pet rock, I think the better off you are. Like the potato parcel, like the, the potato, potato parcel. Weeks ago. And on that happy potatoy note, where can everyone find you, Constance? Um, you can find me at Instagram, Constance Dunn, as well as Twitter, Constance Dunn. Is that constantly? Constantly, and I okay. keep it simple. You know, I can never understand yeah. those obscure constantly? social media um, names. Constantly. Are you done? Yes, I am. Where can we find I'm you, Chris? Howard. Reach me at Chris Howard Live on Twitter and Instagram and LegendaryLivingDaily.com for lots of fun stuff. Yeah. And I'm Zoe Hewitt. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zoe Said What. That Zoe Said What. You can also find me on YouTube at Zoe Hewitt Hosting, where I do a weekly movie analysis show. Thank you so much for joining us once again on our Shark Tank recap. We'll see you next week. Do, do, Bye-bye. Do, 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 do. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.